Hello, and welcome to Mujeres Resisten, the podcast that highlights female figures from around the world resisting the systems that oppress them. I'm Haley Williams, a graduate student researching representations of political resistance as manifested by female figures across Latin America in particular. And today I'm going to be talking about Rigoberta Menchutum and the Guatemalan genocide. Some of you might be asking right now, who is Rigoberta Menchu? And wait, there was a genocide in Guatemala? Yes, there was a genocide in Guatemala, and it didn't happen all that long ago. For many of us that grew up in the public education system in the United States, this is a part of, quote, history, like many others, that is left out of the version of the narrative that we receive. Rigoberta Menchu is a Mayaquiche woman from the highlands of Guatemala, and she, along with thousands of other Maya people who were living in Guatemala in the late 1970s and early 1980s, lived this truth. Let's take a moment to travel back in time to Guatemala in the 1950s in order to better understand why a genocide occurred several decades later. The United Fruit Company today known as Chiquita, owned vast amounts of land in Guatemala, controlled many of the jobs, and had monopolized the banana trade. The president of Guatemala, Jacobo Arbenz Guzman, democratically elected in 1951, began implementing land reform across the country, returning large swaths of the land that had been sequestered by big corporations like United Fruit back to the people. Clearly, United Fruit was not pleased, began a lobbying campaign to convince the U.S. government to overthrow Arbenz, and before long, a plan was underway. Efforts to isolate Guatemala and depict the Arbenz administration as a communist administration went into full effect. And in 1954, the plan to depose Arbenz, known as Operation Success, was successful. Carlos Castillo Armas, was installed as the head of the newly instated military regime, and he quickly abolished all labor unions and returned land that had been expropriated by Arbenz back to corporations like United Fruit. Castillo Armas remained in power until his assassination in 1957 and was followed by a series of military dictators. So the U.S. government was directly involved with the imposition of military dictators in Guatemala that resulted in a civil war that lasted from 1960 to 1996 and genocide. So what does all of this have to do with Rigoberta Menchu? Well, born in 1959, five years after the military coup and just before the start of the civil war, in San Miguel de Uspantan, the capital of El Quiche, a northwestern province of Guatemala, Menchu grew up dealing with the effects of this conflict. The issue of land appropriation that was at the center of the conflict affected her family and her community, who struggled to sustain themselves on the bits of land that they had. Menchu's father became active in the struggle for the rights of indigenous farmers as a member of the Comité de Unidad Campesina, the CUC, known in English as the Committee for Peasant Unity, and his young daughter often joined him in his efforts. However, in January 1980, when he walked into the Spanish embassy in Guatemala City with the CUC, 
to denounce the violence that had been committed against Maya people in Uspantan by the Guatemalan army, he was never to be seen alive again. The Spanish embassy, raided by Guatemalan police, went up in flames, and 36 people died. After the deaths of her father, mother, and brother at the hands of the Guatemalan government, Minchu fled Guatemala in 1981. From Mexico, she continued to resist, and in 1982, she enlightened the world. With the testimonio, Me llamo Rigoberto Minchu y así me nació la conciencia, Minchu defied hegemonic notions of authoritative voices and resisted the silencing of her community. She provides details of the exploitation and oppression of the Mayaquiche people in Guatemala, alongside descriptions of her community's traditions and customs. She relates in detail the prolonged violence and rape that her mother endured before her murder, the torture and death of her little brother who was burned alive while she watched, and other brutal acts of violence that were committed against members of her community. Minchu's testimonio shows the double oppression of Maya women in a patriarchal state that acts as a servant for transnational capitalism. But Minchu tells us that Maya women resist this oppression in different ways. When Minchu speaks, using her voice and her body to remember and relate the suffering of her community, she resists. When Minchu and other Maya women strive to preserve their agricultural practices and traditions, they resist acculturation and erasure. Some women choose to take up arms and fight for the rights of the people, like her sisters chose to do. In her testimonio, Minchu relates that it is her mother that used to say, and I quote the English translation, women must join the struggle in their own way. Any evolution, any change in which women had not participated would not be a change, and there would be no victory, end quote. Rigoberta Minchu was awarded the Nobel Peace Prize in 1992 for her work across borders as an activist for indigenous rights, and she continues to be politically active today. Thank you so much for taking the time to engage with Mujeres Resisten today. Before we go, I want to remind listeners to remember that many of the events that are going on around us currently politically and socially on a global scale are not normal. And in, in these not normal times, we must all find our own ways to resist. <laughs>